your sweet time. You need not hurry. Oh, you're looking incredible. You're the bomb. And me, I'm kind of like your dad. And a little like your mom. There are no monsters here. Hey, wait, look over there. <laughs> I was just kidding. Don't be scared. Welcome, everyone, to the Retro Pool Guy podcast. I'm your host, the Retro Pool Guy. And as always, I'm joined here with my good buddy and friend, Nick the Drunken Beard. How you doing, Nick? I'm pretty good. Uh, suffering again with one of your choices. Oh, come on. It wasn't so <laughs> bad, was it? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to be talking about Skull Monkeys for the PlayStation 1 today. But uh, before we get into that, i got a really special guest that I'm really excited to have on today. Uh, let me introduce you to the lead developer for the new game coming out called The Nemot, Derek Laporte. How you doing, Derek? Hey, I'm pretty good there, uh, Derek. How are you? <laughs> yes, we share the same name. I'm sure this won't get confusing for the listeners at all. Yeah. It's kind of ironic also that your last name is Laporte because I actually went to Laporte Elementary School here in Texas. So I just oh, thought that wow. was kind of ironic. Yeah, you have a school named after you, so feel proud. Yeah, wow. It was probably named after me before I was even born, I'm assuming. Uh, they, they just knew I would be coming eventually one day uh, into the world. <laughs> you got it, man. All right, so let's let's take a few minutes to get to know you, Derek. Uh, my first question for you is, uh, what got you into gaming? Where did it all begin for you? Oh, man. I, I mean, I've got like a... So there's a, there's a photo of me at two years old, um, where I, I, or I guess actually a little younger than two, like maybe one and a half. I don't know. You know, back then they count the months of your, your, your life. So well, I know probably like 18 months or something, but, um, but I'm like, I, cause I can't even sit up. So they've got me propped up against a pillow and in my hands, I'm holding a, a Intellivision controller and I'm, I mean, you know, like things would just beep and like flashes of light across the screen. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, that young. But um, I mean, <laughs> ever since then, you know, I've always played video games, you know, um, and I really, uh, really got into uh, kind of working on them and, and, and coming up, you know, like designing them somewhat i didn't uh, i didn't really get into coding as much until later uh in my life but uh i did do uh uh a mud uh back in hmm. the late 90s i was working on a, a fallout mud um which predated the the fallout video game series actually but um but yeah, I, so I got my hand on like uh, doing um, level designing uh, through that. And so once that, once that happened, then I was just all about like trying every game that's out there and making sure I don't miss anything, you know. Um, so the Intellivision, was that your first console? Yeah, Intellivision was my first console. I, it was interesting because my path through consoles is kind of like the 
I, I was always playing on the not popular consoles. Uh, so like, so like the Intellivision, of course, was the same time as the Atari, right? Which was m enormously more popular. But um, I also had a CDI in the '90s, as opposed to the Sega CD, um, <laughs> which was, you know. So I was always like, I was always going through the path of like the the edge case consoles and stuff. Um, but yeah, I had I, and but but still like uh, I I think. I think some of the best consoles were the ones that like weren't that popular. Like the Sega Saturn is probably my favorite console if I had to pick um, just because it, it was so ahead of its time. But, uh, but yeah, that was on an Intellivision anyway, when I was, when I was two. Yeah. So do you still have consoles now or are you much of a collector? I, yeah, I, I have, um, so, I mean, back at the house in Florida, I've still got all of those initial consoles. I don't think I've ever sold one. Um, I, Good I, yeah, I even have a, I still have the CDI there, but the, the disc tray doesn't work. Um, so you can only kind of play one, like, can't, you can really only play the game that's inside of it <laughs> already. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I I have pretty much almost uh, almost everything. I eventually one day I do plan on acquiring some of those that I miss, like the Neo Geo and the Turbo Graphics, and you know. Excellent. So, you kind of mentioned it before, but so when exactly did you decide that you wanted to be a game developer? Like, what was it that really set it in stone for you? Yeah. Um... It it was like it was so I'll go into it a little more like it was level designing that um, that uh, Fallout Mud game. Uh, it was done in uh, what was it at the time called like a circle mud. So it wasn't it wasn't programming per se, right? Because you're not you, you know you really kind of have like a, a a thing in which you know you just uh, you just do like. You say, okay, this is going to be the room text. This is going to be the, you know, room description. Um, but designing that, I remember because uh, I, basically I was doing a real high level uh, uh, in game kind of uh, kind of uh, level. So um, the level was like uh, uh, based on uh, Three Mile Island. And I had like a death trap that was in it um, that involved like swimming through water and you had to go up and get air in these different air bubbles. And then if you moved past those rooms to the end, then it would just, you know, you would just die. Um, and it was people who, you know, were like, they, they'd spent a lot of time <laughs> collecting a lot of things in the game. Um, and I remember talking to a, a, a one of the, one of the, devs there about it and i was like is this too harsh is this like you know is this too like is this too much uh and he was like no it should even be harder on them you know um and so then i think <laughs> i think from that uh from that moment i really started thinking uh, a lot more about like uh <laughs> like those kinds of design questions you know um 
and I still don't, I, I still think that it shouldn't have been that hard on them, but, um, but definitely that got me in the frame of mind of designing games and everything, you know? So what was like the first game that you developed? Like solidly? like I know you're working on Nemoth now, but was there another game that you fully developed like, like Nemoth or was it just so, that? So I did, um, I did a, a solo dev on a, um, on a, on a game in like 2016. Um, I had kind of been, you know, before that I had kind of been doing things of like, uh, you know, a lot of games have, um, level designers and stuff like that, you know, and then you can kind of, uh, so I'd been doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I finally decided, okay, I'm going to learn how to code and, and just do everything myself. Um, and it took me, I guess it, it was like six or seven months in like 2016. And I made a, a mobile game uh, and I'd completely done in Unity. Um, and it was kind of like uh, Crossy, kind of, kind of like Crossy Road, uh, but it was about the election at the time and it was called uh trumpy road and you know <laughs> the lead character was you know you were you played donald trump and you were and you know like with crossy road you jump across the road and everything so you would jump across the road but you would build like a, a wall section behind you um <laughs> and so and so the cars so so as you go across the cars on the road would then crash into the wall that you just built and they'd honk and like set on fire or something. And I, I really, what, what, what was fun about it was the, the, the being able to do that. And then like this kind of <laughs> like seeing the destruction that you left in your wake was kind of, kind of cool and, and something that wasn't in Crossy Road, obviously. But, um, but I, I, I did that and, and, you know, it was fun and it has a ending that I don't think anybody's ever made it to because it, it has like an email address to like email if you make it to the end and then I send you something, but <laughs> nobody, nobody has completed it um, is, yet. Is that game that I know still, is this still available? Like, is that something someone can download today? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. The last time I updated it on android it's been it's been a while ago um so i i think that because you know like i i kind of was i've been doing other stuff but um but uh they what they do is they they required i think it was moving up to 64 bit you had to do and you had to do all this other kind of stuff and so i would usually like okay i'm going to dedicate a weekend eventually and do that um, but the last time I tried to, I tried to play it like that. Yeah. I mean, it's still up. It's just, I don't know if it's even in a playable state at this point because it's just, it's practically a dead game from 2016, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that because that sounds hilarious. To me. I, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely try that. I'll I update it for challenge. you. <laughs> I love a good challenge. So if it, if it's difficult, then, then bring it on. I think. <laughs> All right, so let's get into what you're working on right now. And uh, I'm pretty excited for this game because I was a big fan of Magic the Gathering. I know Nick was too. And the Nemots worked a little something like that, right? So how did, how yeah. did the Nemots come to be? Yeah, so, I, so it basically comes down from a, a, 
a meme. There was a meme, right? Which was um, the the taco cat meme, you know, like same forwards as it is backwards. It's also a, a palindrome, I believe, is what those are called. But um, uh, I really kind of took that to heart of the fact that you could have like a, a item and an animal uh, crossed together. And I said, well, is there more funny combinations than just a, a taco and a cat? Um, and so I was like, well, w- what I should do is I should just, you know, list, a, a, you know, a bunch of items and a bunch of animals and then put them in a randomizer and see what, what comes out, just, you know, uh, new, different combinations that you could get. And so it kind of came from like that, right? Like see, and so one of them was like Swiss army goat and stuff like that. <laughs> and coming across something like that, I was like, wow, this is I was like, there's something here that's kind of interesting, you know? Um, and so I, I decided that, you know, um, well, I was always going to make like a, a, a card game uh, with it um, because I always thought that uh, card games could be really interesting if you have a card uh, that nobody else really has. Uh, as far as what its mechanical abilities are. And then particularly if that card can be damaged or like leveled up or, or stuff like that can can also make it kind of balance it out a little bit, right? Um, because in a lot of these card games, when, when something's imbalanced, right, before they ban it, they always like limit it to like a copy of one in your hand. So I'm like, if everything's... Like only, only one of these exists out there, you know? Um, but, but that was, so, so I kind of started thinking like, well, it would be really interesting if each item has a mechanic and each animal has a mechanic and you're getting like this combination that's like one in like something crazy, like one, one in 1.2, 1.8 million, something like that. Right. Um, then then there's always that quality of of that early magic right when somebody's plopping down a card and it's you know and and you've you've never seen it before um i used to love that i've experienced that a few times playing magic for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's still something even these days like you can kind of experience in 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 magic a little bit because you know, if you if if you're newer to it and you don't know all of the mechanics, like somebody plops down a a, a flying creature and you're like, wait, and they're like, okay, this goes over your animals, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> my my friends uh, ruin all these games for me just because they'll go through and like min max every single card game. I'm like, no, it's not fun. Stop yeah, wrecking me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of those things. But and I I think that like particularly with with something like magic there's so many open possibilities with it that hopefully you know hopefully everybody doesn't end up making just the same deck uh you know yeah um but um but yeah really like i kind of like um i kind of like basically i developed the story kind of around it and then the whole idea kind of just started growing um, it was initially just going to be like a small game, uh, you know, just for, um, just, just for like a, a small 
group of people really uh, but then it ended up being the kind of the main uh, purpose of uh, what the team was doing. So um, as that happened, then then a lot of these other things came into it. And I mean, I, I, I decided to pull from, you know, almost every TCG out there something, you know, um, we have like a we have a rose system that we're going to start doing. That's kind of like a versus system. If you guys ever played oh, that, I played a crap out of versus. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, so we're, we've got like all kinds of like stuff like that, right? It's, it's, Mm. it's kind of going to be in it, but, um, but really one of the other things too, that, that, that to me was a big thing was, um, there's, there's so many, like, it almost feels like fantasy is kind of the default for card games. Mm -hmm. Um, so really having something that is, also uniquely themed was kind of uh interesting to me and so this is set in like the 80s in like a mall in america and so basically we say it's like pokemon meets stranger things um as far as like thematics go um and to and to me that that's that's like super interesting um as far as like all of the possibilities of that and then um being able to really kind of you know, play on this retro items vibe with like, you know, like you got like a keytar as like an item in it, you know? Amazing. That, Best definitely what, ever made. That's definitely what hooked me uh, when I saw you guys posting things on Twitter was the throwback to the 80s and the retro gaming. I mean, the retro pool guy, obviously, right? I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is something I want to look into. Then I find out, oh, this is, this is like a trading card game. This is even better. So... You said that people would have their own cards, like there's only going to be one type. So how does that work for people getting into the game? Like, will you buy packs of cards and then like there's bonus cards or kind of explain that a little bit for for the listeners? That's a good question. So, yeah, so basically there, there will be like starter decks, right? Which are, which there's going to be multiples in that, um, in kind of the normal, you know, like three to four copies of a particular creature. Nemots, we call them all the creatures in our, our thing are called Nemots. Um, there will also be, so also spells will be also something that there will be like spells packs and you'll be able to like have uh, have multiples of those as well. Um, but beyond that right beyond the the starter decks and those in the free deck and the because we do have like a free to play uh version of it for for people um beside those what will happen is is as you play you will um you'll get like a a drop uh which is you know of a of a creature that you can create basically a nemot that you can make um, and then you'll go in and then it'll be kind of like a, it'll be a randomized, uh, Nemot. It'll have a certain, like, you know, it'll be like a legendary or, or, you know, epic or what have you. So you'll, you'll already kind of know the rarity of it. <clears throat> but then, uh, when it gets randomized, then you see like what mechanics it's, it, it has, like the mechanics and kind of the stats and all that stuff. And then as you go through the levels and level it up, then it will unlock those mechanics. So you can, 
also, you know, you can also like get rid of that card. Um, and you say, oh, you know, this is not really, you know, I, I, it's an RNG thing, right? So you could be like, oh, I don't, this doesn't play any anywhere near what I'm planning on doing with my decks in the future. And if that happens, then you can, you know, burn that one, and then you can, uh, you can try, uh, try, try RNG again to get a different one. But um, the idea is to get the player to progress and and level these these Nemots up because then as they level up too, right? I, I mean, it's already, it's already, like I said, that, that number is crazy, right? It's already a super rare thing to have this, a particular type of Nemot. Um, so it gets even more, <laughs> even more rare as you consider the fact that you can level these things up. Um, it's interesting because it's a, it's a process that I feel like is, natural and makes complete sense but i don't see i don't see even many of the new tcgs doing it like um i don't know if you guys have played marvel snap but i haven't yeah but i've definitely seen a lot of people posting about that i played several matches this morning actually yeah it's 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 a it's a good game and and everything but i do think that like um one of the one of the things that I think that I know could be better, um, that I feel could be better, is the fact that you, all you do is you level up the rarity of the card in your collection. Right? You don't. It doesn't get. It doesn't get anything else other than that. You know, other than the 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 customizability. Not the customizability. The the what is it? The you get like a frame, you yeah. frame you, break, and it, it makes it uh, shiny. Basically, the the higher you go, right. and the more shiny cards you have, the more cards you unlock. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's it's an interesting thing because it keeps you going, that kind of thing. But I'm like, if you do that kind of around leveling up, and if you said, okay, well, I have to like get this card to a certain level in order to unlock the ability that's on it then you would be incentivized to continue to play that card um, and continue to progress uh, in the game, you know. Um, so the leveling up, how will that work? You level it up by playing, just by playing the card and having the card yeah. survive through the match? Yeah, exactly. Playing and, and, and winning, essentially. Um, you can lose the card, right? So you can, I, so for instance, you put the Nemod out there, it can get destroyed. Um, but as long as you win the match, then it will still level up, right? Um, there is there is the opposite of leveling up uh, that we have to called uh, condition rating, right? Um, and this again comes from the physical card game, right? Trying to emulate the physical card game as much as possible. The early days, you know, you well, actually, still to this day, obviously, all mm-hmm. all physical cards have a condition rating, um, and you would not want to play with them like without a sleeve or something, because if you do, then they're going to go down in, in value um, just based upon, you know, the, the during play, they get shuffled, the corners get messed up, stuff like that. Greasy so fingers. Yeah. yeah. Greasy fingers. Um, yeah. So, so in order to avoid that, you, you know, you put them in a sleeve and, and, and stuff like that, or, or just frankly never play with them. <laughs> But um, but 
but with ours, basically, if you win, then it doesn't take condition rating damage. If you lose, then it takes a condition rating damage. Now it can be still repaired and there's, there's still methods of fixing that kind of thing. Um, but again, it's kind of, it's all about risk and reward, right? Um, do I risk putting it out there? Should I have that as a consideration as a player? And I think it makes an interesting consideration as a player, right? All these kind of player choice and then adding something to the player choice that's, um, that, that, that's risk and reward based, you know? Definitely. Uh so this will be a player versus player type game, or will there be like a be able to play against an AI type option? Yeah, so it'll be primarily player versus player, um, just because the uh, for the for the rewards kind of uh, the rewards basis, you you kind of have to be playing against other players. Um, there will be like obviously like a against AI kind of like a, a practice uh, type of match and everything. Um, because there's a lot of like, there's a lot of systems in it that the players have to get used to. There's certain additional resources in it that um, that aren't really in that many TCGs. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, the the time in the game is actually a, a resource. So you have a clock, and it's similar to like a chess clock, um, in that. You know, right now, right now it's set to three minutes. This is probably not going to be the final time that it's going to be at, but just in testing, it's at three minutes. And you have like a five second delay before the clock starts counting down. And you have basically three minutes to win the game, right? Three active minutes of you playing in order to win the game. Um, and uh, uh, but there will be cards that can like add time, like add five seconds. They can also subtract time, like subtract five seconds. Um, and so, and, and so it'll be like, you know, again, this, this thing where it's time as a resource, um, in the game that, that players kind of have to like really play with in order to understand how it works and then to, to get the, you know, to, to to really start to be able to like time themselves pretty well right because starting out you know you you may it, your moves may be more obvious right like i can only play this card so i need to take the minimum amount of time at the very beginning so that i have more time later when more of the board state is there you know and there's more cards in play and stuff I like that. I like that because I have played some magic games that have just gone on for way too long. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody else experienced that, but playing Magic the Gathering, I've had a few matches where it was just like, I can't believe we're still going. Like, neither one of us can win. It's a total stalemate. So, yeah. And I mean, it's an interesting decision because, you know, like, obviously, Hearthstone and a whole bunch of others, like, they, and, and, uh, they do it in a way in which, your turn is timed, right? And so you can always feel time pressure on every turn, whereas this one is a slow ramp, right? You're probably not going to feel that time pressure until your clock is beneath a, you know, a minute. And then you're like, okay, I, I really got to, I really got to concern myself with time now, you know? <laughs> so how can people get into this? Like, 
obvious is the alpha testing still open or are you you closed on that or you're not taking any more people for that or are they gonna they, have to wait until the game is released or yeah there's still so there's still a wait list and we we, we will start uh, getting people kind of into into it as we ramp up the the testing and ramp up the servers right now it is a it is a small group that it's testing with it's like basically a hundred people um, but uh, you know we we are launching within the next uh, few months so that that ramping will will start to happen uh, fairly fairly quickly so they they can get on like the waiting list for that um, they can you know uh, uh, again there will be a free to play version of it so they will be able to you know um, once it like even launches if they just want to wait for that they can wait for that and then you know check it out uh, uh, when it launches and it's going to be initially on um, PC and 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 Mac and then we're gonna we're gonna have it on uh, mobile pretty quickly after that. Uh, what's the target for launch are, are you allowed to say or is that still <laughs> up in the air so i i've been say i i've been saying the next few months um i i am thinking you know here's hoping the next couple of months i do think that's something we could reach um but but yeah, I, I I also at the same time I do know that you know with 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 all the progress on these things, you know, you get estimates from from people and they just blow through those estimates. <laughs> so, um, so I am always hesitant with like dates or anything like that. But um, as but, someone trying to get uh, a firewall implementation put in, uh, I estimated it would be done in February. Um. <laughs> So I understand. How close are you now? <laughs> oh, I you know what's great barely started. <laughs> yeah. Time yeah, man. Put, put, pushed back to this next February, surprisingly enough. Like I said, time is a resource <laughs> like in in the game and in life, right? Like it's yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, Nick, do you have any questions for our guest here, Derek? No, I actually excited to to see it. And if you you want uh, some crazy uh, card game uh, testers, I know a couple. Excellent, we sure do. Yeah, we can as many as possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that that's all he does. In, a couple of them do in their free time and during work. Surprisingly enough, um, people play awesome. games during work. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> No one does that, right? <laughs> <laughs> they bring out the Excel spreadsheets and like go down the list. That's makes not playing games with them fun sometimes. Anyways. Uh, so, Derek, uh, tell us, where can our listeners find you and the Nemot? Are you guys on Twitter, Discord? You want to share a little? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so, so. Uh, we are on Twitter. We're on Discord. Uh, they could check out too the nemots.com. Uh, That's our our website. Um, it actually will have like it has the link to all of those uh, those other places, so it makes a nice hub, um, so to speak. Um, but yeah, we we do have like a Discord server. We've got like a a, a Twitter. Um, uh, all of it, pretty much the nemots, <laughs> all the same. <laughs> 
kept it simple. I like that. The yeah. Nemoth. So if <laughs> yeah. you folks out there are interested, please go check out thenemoth.com. Uh, especially if you're into trading card games like Magic, Pokemon, stuff like that. This is something you're going to want to check out. I know I'm pretty excited for it. I get to be one of the alpha testers. This will be my first time <laughs> testing a game, and I'm pretty stoked. So I'm really hey, looking forward to it. And can you uh, just spell it out for everyone, just so everyone knows exactly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, T-H-E-N-E-M-O-T-S. I almost had a hard time spelling there for a second there but awesome. yeah like nemo and then ts basically um that kind of helped that kind of helped me spell it <laughs> <laughs> wanted to make sure that as people are like all right how do you spell nemoths again do you carry the no <laughs> right is there an umlaut in there no uh <laughs> all right Thank you so much, Derek, uh, for giving us all that information on the game. Like I said, man, I'm I'm really excited to to test it and stuff. So I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks so much for for all the questions, guys, and 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 having me too. <laughs> if I don't get a chance to say before the end, thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, you definitely all the time, man. <laughs> all right, so you guys ready to uh, talk about some skull monkeys for the PlayStation mm-hmm. One? Huh? Oh yeah, what an I enjoyable know experience! That's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Actually, I even still have it loaded up here. All right, so for our listeners, Skull Monkeys, released in February of 1998, is on the PlayStation One, a platformer developed by the Neverhood, and is actually a sequel to the game of the same name, the Neighbor, uh, the Neverhood. Uh, the Neighborhood was a graphic adventure, is what they called it, but it's point-and-click type game. I'm sure you guys are probably familiar with those. Uh, but they changed directions on this one, and they went with a side-scrolling platformer. Uh, at the time, though, 3D games were becoming a thing. Like, that was, you know, uh, what are we talking Like, Gex, uh, Mario 64, stuff like that. But the... Uh, Creator there, Doug, excuse me if I screw up this last name, Doug Panaple, Panaple. at the time, he said, yeah, 3D games were popular, but he didn't like them. He didn't think they were going to go anywhere. So he made it a 2D game. <laughs> I think he was wrong. Uh, uh, yeah, a bit. <laughs> so uh, what caught my eye about this game is uh, everything in it is done with clay. It's all claymation. Uh, the the for the enemies and characters, they actually took a bunch of old toys and uh, they just put clay around them and made these awesome little characters uh, called the Skull Monkeys. And you play as Clayman. And the object of the game is to uh, defeat Prog. I believe that's his name. The final boss. He lands on this. They they did some weird names for these uh hmm. worlds like. Nick is the is the planet that you're on, uh, but also all the cutscenes are done with the stop motion play animation. Uh, so it was really a beautiful game, and possibly lots of drugs, and probably a lot of drugs <laughs> were involved while making this. So uh, first, uh, we'll well we're going to cover three things about the game. We're going to talk about the music, talk about the graphics. And then we talk about our gameplay and gameplay experiences. So 
first, I really want to talk about the music because I love the music in this game. What's the uh, best part about the game? Yeah, at the if you uh, as y'all heard in the beginning of the episode on the intro there, that was actually the music for the bonus room. Uh, there's a bonus room in each level, and that song it it had me rolling. I gotta be honest, it was, <laughs> it was hilarious. I didn't expect that at all. I actually had to sit there and listen to it. Like I just stopped playing for a minute and just let the game I, run so I could listen. I had to the, the exact song. same. I'm like I. I since I, I was playing this one in an emulator because I didn't want to bring get my PS2 up and running for this, um, I uh, was just like, "Is that music playing in the background from like a YouTube video, or what is going on?" Because uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, he talks about uh, being like your mom and your dad and how you're safe in here, and <laughs> it's just really I'm funny. I'm a father writing. figure. I'm like, okay. So uh, here's a little something for you the music was actually done by terry scott taylor uh if some of you might know offhand maybe you don't but have you guys ever heard of the roots no anyone nope nope i'm, I'm bad with nobody it. knows the roots am i the only one who's hit oh. <laughs> the, the, the roots the, the roots? roots yeah the root. root oh yeah i've heard the roots the, the roots they're also the i believe it's the jimmy fallon show now there's yeah. a, a band there. Well, Terry Scott Taylor, he's in that band, and he's the one who did all the music uh, for this game. Nice. So, any fans out there of the Roots, there you go. You're you're definitely gonna enjoy this music. Uh, possibly the only thing about it. <laughs> music is good. I have no complaints about the music. Uh, from start to finish. Even the menu music is good. I mean, everything fits the game. It's perfect. Nick, you got some opinions on the music? No, I mean, it's very good. I mean, it's CD music quality. So, you know, we have uh, some of the first di nice digital music out of our uh, game plays. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's great. And it fits the mood theme really well. Uh, and of course, the bonus room music uh, takes the cake, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think the only one that's probably uh, next to that is the, I believe it's called the Worm Graveyard level. Uh, that music was pretty pretty good, too. So, let's talk about the graphics. Uh, like I said before, everything in this game is done with clay and stop motion. And uh, even today, I think this game really holds up really well. Like, uh, I was playing it on my original PS1. I bought an original copy off of uh, eBay, and I paid way too much for this game, which that's something we should probably talk about, is why these games are getting so expensive, because this is kind of ridiculous. I had to pay about $70 Ooh. for a copy of this game, and that was the cheapest one I found just because it was a Hollywood rental. Uh, game so it had you know the hollywood uh sticker on the disc and stuff that you can't take off so you know a lot of collectors they don't want that so it was, yeah i guess it was discounted but this game is is uh most of them are over 100 bucks and now you know why i don't collect games and only the hardware <laughs> yeah well fortunately i feel like the game was worth it because <laughs> it was actually really good uh it holds up really well. There's a lot of PS1 games you play now 
and they they just don't look as good anymore. You know what I mean? And this one though really held up. It was really nice. Uh, the backgrounds are beautiful. Uh, the levels are all unique and different. Like I was really impressed with the graphics and how it was all done, and uh, you know the animations with the characters, the different enemies. Really, just kind of mind-blowing that it still looks so good all these years later. I mean, it was released in 98, so, you know, it's over 20 years old now, and it, it still looks pretty fresh. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about the graphics with this one? I honestly don't have the same opinion on, on the graphics side. I mean, the full-motion videos are all really good um, because, I mean, they're full-motion video where they did claymation animation, but I, I've never been a huge fan of uh, the... Uh, digitizing of you know sprites and then putting in because it just kind of makes things feel a little clunkier but let's be honest this was kind of the graphics of say donkey kong at the time as well country for the super nintendo so seeing that kind of uh you know quality on on such a, a powerful machine but the big thing uh they did abuse or wanted to show off a lot was a lot of things in the foreground uh, and the background as like different layers, which you couldn't really do um, on the older consoles. Uh, so they, they really took advantage of that. Uh, I the game's graphics are. I, yeah, I mean, overall, it's OK, I guess I'm literally playing it while. We're talking here. Um, I know right now. <laughs> yeah, I am literally playing right <laughs> try now. Not, try not to bang your head against the wall. <laughs> oh boy, it's um. We'll we'll talk about that part. Uh, but o overall, I do like all the extra animations, the little jokes and stuff that they added. It's it's pretty good. Um, I, this was was a co co parted with uh, DreamWorks, right? So they yes, had a lot correct. of a lot of influence. It looks like on on character design. I, yes. I see. The, so. the cutscenes are are really good. They're they're pretty funny. They look good. It's like watching a little claymation movie. I mean, it's uh, fun, especially funny if you're uh, like twelve years old. But uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, did you see the beans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beans. Uh, which, uh, uh, I thought jokes. that was a cool way to introduce some of the items. You know, you're talking about the tutorials and how they should play into to the games. You know, yeah. I thought that was kind of a, a cool way to introduce the items that you're going to use, you know, because that was one of them. Those uh, was called uh, the fart. <laughs> yeah. The, the fart that comes out of the top of your head is one of your weapons, uh, supposedly. And it makes a clone of yourself. Yes. Yes. Um but back to the graphics. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's on like the level of pretty much all the other 2D uh, platformers at the time. But the big thing is they did take the time out and, you know, moat cap each one of these with uh, claymation. So I'll give them props to that. Uh, Derek, let me ask you, uh, how do you feel about claymation graphics compared to, let's say, pixelated graphics? For a platformer, which which one would you rather work with? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of like the look of claymation. Um, I think that the I think that the movement of it is is super important in a lot of 
a lot of these early pixelated kind of claymation games didn't quite get it um, so well. Uh, I I did like because I mean th- this was a trend, a, a little bit of a trend, wasn't it? Like during during the '90s, probably around the time that this came out, because um, there was like clay fighters. Yeah, clay uh, fighters. there was Kong country. Of course, was one. Yeah, there was um, there was even a, a I, I mentioned CDI earlier, but there, there was a CDI game that was like that, too. It was like a Laser Lords, I think it was called, and it had uh, clay, claymation characters in it. But um, it's no, I, I mean, I think it's an interesting. I, it's an interesting choice and in, in decision. Um, I I think that its staying power isn't that good because there are some limitations um more so i think there's more limitations to it than there is to pixel art for instance um uh but then using the you have to almost use the goofy vibe always right yeah like you can never do a a serious claymation game No, it's definitely going to feel very cartoonish, uh, no matter how serious you try to make it. The claymation always comes out that way. You're, you're definitely right about that. I think the, uh, I think the biggest thing that it suffers in, in gameplay-wise, especially when you go to a platformer, is your accuracy on jumping and whatnot, as you know, the, the hitboxes are no longer really tied to the character, it feels, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I have played Neverhood... Um, and, and obviously it doesn't suffer that much from that because it is kind of, it's a point and click kind of deal. Um, so you don't have, that I recall, you don't have any jumping situations. (laughs) I'm sure there's probably some jumping level in there that I'm I'm totally forgetting, but. Well, jumping is a big part of the gameplay. So let's talk about the gameplay (laughs) for Skull Monkeys. Oh boy, where do we begin, Nick? Where do we even begin? Well, when they said platforming, <laughs> they really meant platforming with this one, that's for sure. Yeah, this game was not easy. Uh, I did beat it. I'm very proud to say that I was able to beat this game all the way through. For For those who don't know, uh, how we do this on the podcast is we don't use uh, any cheats, we don't use walkthroughs, we don't use guides. We play the games like they originally came to us. Uh, the most we do is look up the original manual uh, because that's all we had as kids. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of Internet access. That, well, there might have been a little bit in 98, mm-hmm, but but yeah, but, you know, you get the point here. We try to keep it original. So I'm very proud to say that I beat this game because it was a severe pain in the ass. Uh, <laughs> the, the first few levels, it's it's pretty simple. They kind of ease you into it. Uh, it's not too bad. Nothing too crazy, you know. But then once you really start getting into it, it it takes a turn and uh, my goodness, it's my- just so rough. Like, I know yeah. I died at least 500 times playing this game. You get concerned that, that- when they're like, oh, yeah, these are lives and they're just giving them to you like candy at the beginning. You're like, why are you giving me so many of these? Oh, well, you're going to yeah, use you them. Come, you come <laughs> out of those bonus rooms with a whole bunch of lives and extra weapons and stuff. And it's like, well, this is, yeah, you're going to need it for sure. <laughs> Thankfully, unlike a couple games from the past, they do have a password system. 
Which uh, is such a cop-out because the system had memory cards. Yeah, I kind of wondered about that myself. It's like, why do the password system when you could just have, you know, memory cards are, were a thing, and it, they'd been around for a little while at this point. Why not just use that? But you know what? I'll, I'll take it for this <laughs> game because without it, it, it would have been impossible to beat this game. It's it's so large. There's over 90 levels, uh, mm. close to 100 if you count all the bonus levels and stuff. Uh, everything's so, a one-hit kill. Yeah, everything's a one-hit kill. You do get an item that's a halo that'll give you an extra hit, but uh, they get harder and harder to find as you go throughout the game. So you have to be almost perfect to beat this game. Like, the bosses, for instance. Okay, the first boss, really easy. You just uh, he rolls on the screen, you jump on his head. You Three know, times. Yeah, not very difficult. Okay, but then I got to this uh, giant crab boss. Okay, and you're like in this, you're in, you're basically, you're on a rail that can only go up and down. You're in a turret and you shoot at it. And he has like a claw, okay, that he sticks out to hit you, and he only goes in three spots. It's either up, down, or middle. And at first, it felt like a complete guess. Like, it was just so random, and I, I just I couldn't figure it out. It took me a while to figure out that he uses a smaller claw first to point which way he's going to go, and then you can avoid it. But one mistake, and you're done. Like, you start over on the bosses. You, know, you have to be perfect you can't take any damage uh the help me out here nick what was the the head what's his name should have wrote it in my notes don't know man i i didn't get obviously that far uh so one of the developers and maybe derek maybe you can do this with one of your games in the future he put his head on one of the bosses so (laughs) it's it's basically his face and he shoots his eyeballs out at you and he shoots these flames out of his mouth and then you have to wait. Head for like Joe is the Fat Joe Head, right? Head, head Joe, I think it's just Head Joe. Joe. I call him Fat Head because he was. Yeah, Joe, Joe Head Joe. Joe Head Joe. Thank you, Nick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you have to dodge the eyeballs, dodge the fireballs, and then wait for the little snowball thing to come out. Then you can jump on his head, switch over to the other side. And it's a very disturbing boss, my bad. Yeah, it was super creepy. And of course, as you each time you hit him, it speeds up and it gets faster and faster. So you can get it down to one hit left on him, but if he hits you one time, back, start over, do it again. Spent a lot of time on that boss, it was pretty difficult. But believe it or not, he wasn't the worst one. There was a wizard. Yeah. Yeah, the wizard. I spent a good monkey mage. I, monkey mage. I spent about an hour or so <laughs> trying to beat this guy. He stands in a middle platform. You have three platforms on each side, small ones that spin in a circle. So he has a shield around him. You can't hit him until he drops the shield. If you miss, he fires a staff in the air and blows away one of your platforms. So you have to time it perfectly each time 
and hit him before he blows away the platforms. Otherwise, it just gets more and more difficult. Uh, Nick, I, I don't think you got no. that far, right? No, definitely not that far. Uh, yeah. But I, I did watch the, the battles before because I wanted to make sure uh, I, I got to see some of the uh, ending bosses. And I don't know what the big fuss is. I, I'm watching this guy here. He, he does it in three jumps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guarantee you that was not his first try. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> you showed me that. I'm like, yeah, of course there's no damage because if you take one hit, you have to start over. I would edit it like that myself too. Uh, but what caught me off guard with these bosses was why was the last boss the easiest boss? Like, Clog? yeah, I was noticing that. Yeah, super simple. Like he's just on the ceiling, and you're you're just down below riding this little thing. You just catch the little the little ball things and shoot them back up at him. I mean, compared to to the crab guy and Showhead and and the wizard, like he felt like a breeze. Like I was, I was like, oh man, that was so great. So I I beat him, and then I thought that was it. I was like, well, there's the final boss. This game is over. I put in the work. I can't believe it. And then no. You get another cutscene, and then it takes you to a level called uh, Engine Number Nine, and that's basically the machine that he was building throughout the game. Uh, you have to go inside it and beat another five levels, and this this is where I spent the majority of the time trying to beat this game because there's these they're like okay, everybody's played Mega Man three. I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone out there has played Mega Man 3. You remember those little disappearing platforms that oh, make yeah. a little weird noise? Okay. So this is, it kind of reminded me of that, except a hundred times worse. Right? <laughs> you have to jump on these little, they look like the old school, uh, like steampunk style light bulb things. Okay. And they activate these platforms. And then. The platform, once you jump off of that light bulb, the platforms only stay on for maybe like eight seconds. All right. Which doesn't sound too difficult, except for the fact that you have to activate one set of platforms, jump across, activate another set of platforms, and then jump back on to the first set that you activated to make it up to the next set of platforms. Does that sound confusing? Yeah, yeah, because it was. (laughs) You have to figure out the path to take. It's it's not easy at all. I spent a good three, I want to say three or four days on just the engine number nine levels, trying to get Mm -hmm. through this. Especially the last one, level five. The jumps were just absurd, and uh, this is how I know I died hundreds of times because I kept having to continue, 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 and it's just funny because like the enemies in those levels are a breeze. Like there's, there's really nothing too difficult about them. I mean, all that pretty much all the enemies in the game are a breeze. It's really the platforming is a little jank. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely a little squirrely trying to jump around. Uh, but I don't know whoever came up with the idea of those lighting up platforms that disappear (laughs) you're a monster i just want to say that you're an absolute monster but i was i did get through it and i beat it and i'm very proud of myself i feel like i could take on any game after playing that like it was just so ridiculous 
I, I do have to say, uh, probably one of the most satisfying things about the game is the check marks or the check uh, checkpoints. Oh yeah, those, those things are very satisfying to jump on. Yeah, especially if you do three. Did you do the three jumps in a row? So you get I the did. different little enemy. <laughs> yeah, his heels on the third jump. You did a really good job of stuff like that. The little stuff uh, really makes the game. Uh, uh, oh, and the, the they're basically like a little ball. When you jump on them, it turns into like a a bird that makes a little caw sound, and then you can keep jumping on them. Anyways, yeah. for people that haven't played the game, it's very, very satisfying compared to jumping on the skull monkeys. Well, what I thought was cool about jumping on the, the skull monkeys themselves is how they explode out into the screen, almost kind of giving a 3D effect. Same thing yeah. when you, if you get hit, you also explode and it kind of, you know, goes out to the screen. I thought it was pretty cool, but just the gameplay. If if you're not ready for a test in your platforming skills, then you don't you don't want to play this. It's very frustrating. I mean, just platforming skills. You're ba- like testing your bad platforming skills. Oh god, <laughs> that's like just the platforms are mm, uh, and, and the like jump boxes are just a little wonky. Uh, I also found sometimes you weren't sure if some things were in the foreground or on your plane as well. So you you like just jump into it and fall down. Um, yeah, that was really annoying. Um, stuff like that. And that that's again why I really I'm not a huge fan of like the scan and design kind of uh, uh, terrains and uh, whatnot. I prefer just pixel art uh, or something in engine uh, versus just basically, you know, here's a picture. Let's make it a solid thing. And hopefully we hit the bound bounding boxes correctly. Uh, and it, I always seem to have a problem with that. The same problem I always had like with Donkey Kong and stuff as well. Um, just with the character design. I mean, Mortal Kombat kind of suffers from that too, but since it's a fighting game, you're kind of like hitting each other. So it's not as big of a deal. It just feels slower than, say, a Mario game, right? Yeah. It's not yeah, as it's... fluid. Yeah, you de- there's definitely some points where you have to take your time and kind of look at things and figure that out. I ran into that too. Like I wasn't sure. Okay, can I jump on this or is this you know, mm-hmm. something I need to avoid? I definitely want to avoid spikes, that sort of thing. Uh, there's even a level uh, where you have to. You're like in the sewers, and you're you know obviously if you go into the sewage stuff, you're dead. So you have to ride these little barrel platforms that come up out of the water, and the way they timed it, it's you're literally like. You have to time it perfect because the one will completely disappear before the next one pops up. So you have to know. There's a lot of that trial and error yeah. type stuff in this game. AKA bad bad game design. I mean uh <laughs> Yeah. You can call no, it that. Uh Derek over here is like, hey, we we're gonna play a game. We we could play a good game, like you know, Splinter Cell or something, but no, we're gonna we're gonna play Skull Monkeys where you're just gonna jump around and die for two hours. Yeah. It, it I mean it's it sounds like obviously there has to be a certain level of fairness, right? Otherwise yeah, yeah. it feels like the game is working against you. Um, you know, I I mean there is a definition of what a game is that is, uh, it, it says uh, a simple task uh, that is done in a, uh, in a 
extremely difficult way, right? So like, for instance, golf, uh, anybody can drop a ball in a hole, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But if you say, oh, go back there, you know, 300 yards and hit it with a stick, <laughs> then suddenly <laughs> it becomes, yeah, then suddenly it becomes a game. But um, <laughs> that being said, it, it sounds like they're trying to get you to hit it with your hand uh, from that far away. Yeah, it definitely you definitely have the trial error memorize kind of where positioning are. It, it, I mean, it's it's really similar to um, old Nintendo uh, platformers uh, like Mega Man yeah. and, and whatnot. Uh, but Mega Man does a really good job of introducing uh, like the enemies and how they're going to you know be kind of laid out, and they don't feel too unfair. It's more like Ninja Gaiden where you're not sure where they're going to be or Castlevania, where it's just like they'll pop right in. Uh, but fortunately on this, all the enemies are in the exact same spot every time. So you can just memorize where everything's at, which is good. But it's also frustrating on your first playthrough because you're like, I don't know where these are. And it feels unfair when you jump into an area because you're basically jumping in and dying. Yeah, they, they kind of messed up because there's a lot of line jumps. Uh, through the later levels. Mm. There's yeah. actually one level uh, where you just go down the whole time. Like, it's just down, 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 down. But you can't see what's, what's below you. You know? So it's basically like, just choose the right path. Hopefully you pick right. If not, go back and start again. But I really wish this game would have had a life bar, like Mega Man you know, yeah. or even even Ninja Gaiden had a life bar, you know, so you could take hits and then still yeah, yeah. keep going instead of just the the one hit and dead. That's, that, that got really that, annoying. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge versus some of those older you know games where yeah, it might not have been a a fair jump because an enemy was standing there, but at least you're not going to die every time. This one you die every time. Every. Time. A lot of times. A lot it's of times. So many times. <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, what was the difference between the um endings with the uh red uh checkpoint versus the gray checkpoint? Or uh I never got any clarification on that. Uh but some the game did offer a little bit of variety. Some of those red things uh, would take you to a different part of the level. Uh, like one time I got in one and it took me to uh, you're basically like in a little spaceship and they changed the game up completely and you like shoot like these things you had to like go through like a little maze basically and try to get to the end of that if you died it just took you back to the default level but if you made it uh. to the end you would uh, progress a little further which that reminds me of something else that, that kind of bothered me with this game is when okay when you first start out you know you see clayman your character and he's like a certain size right so you know proportions uh depth perception whatever but then it's like when you get into some of the later levels they it's like they pan the camera out and your character is smaller and so your jumping is completely thrown off i don't understand why they did that because like you get so used to playing it one way and then all of a sudden they it's like they pan the camera out 
and you have to rethink about how you make every jump because it just changes the perception. And that's all they did was just like, literally, it looks like they just pulled the camera back. They and probably so did that because they smaller. wanted to show you more of the level. Because, um, again, talking about those blind jumps, uh, since low resolution, uh, it's really hard. It, there's not much of the level you can see because your character is very big. Um, and so it doesn't leave a lot of room for, you know, to see what's ahead of you. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking maybe further on in the development, they may have pulled the camera back for that. Just changed their mind in the middle of the I mean, it happens. <laughs> I believe it, but man, that, that was a frustrating part of the game because you just, you know, basically had to relearn it on the fly like that. And didn't make the game any easier. Uh, I also found out that I didn't get the good ending. So I spent like two weeks trying to rush through this game. And then, you know, because we don't look anything up for the game. So it wasn't until after I beat it that I found out that you have to get uh, all the little swirly cues uh, in each level, you know, to get to the bonus. Mm-hmm. You have to get every single one of those in the game to get the good ending. No, no. Yeah, I'm not going back. And trying to do that. This game was fun, but just also very frustrating and I found it kind of difficult. So no. Well. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'll take my bad ending and call it a success. <laughs> well then what are your final thoughts on it? Final After thoughts spending um two weeks killing yourself. <laughs> if if you like a challenging platformer game. And and you're into uh, like fart jokes and and just being silly stuff. It's definitely a game worth checking out. It's it's a it is fun. I did have fun with it. Uh, but but the later levels, it's it's not for amateurs. Like you really you're really gonna test yourself. Uh, it's probably one of the hardest games I've ever played. I'll put that out there. It's definitely up there. Uh, Battletoads hard. Like just difficult so difficult in some spots like i said i spent i spent most of the time playing this game out that two weeks was on engine number nine that last level is where i spent most of my time playing this game just my rec my recommendation if you're going to play through it do it on an emulator with save state that way you can at least retry your your jumps and stuff because that's going yeah. to be the, I think the only time you're going to have a pleasurable experience. Uh, I, I don't even know if that's going to be pleasurable. Uh, because you're going to be typing in that code a lot. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> <It> sure was. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, been doing it all day. So, yeah, it's, that's my thoughts as well. It's just, it's good in concept, bad execution, but. Yeah, and if you're a collector out there, be ready to spend some money if you want a physical copy of this game because it's pricey. We talked about that. It's 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 an expensive mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Well, all right then. I th I think we have said enough about Skull Monkeys for today. Possibly too much. Possibly a little too much. <laughs> so real quick, let's talk about what game we're gonna do next month, huh? Yeah. So I'm going to spell this one out for you guys. 
And then, Nick, I want to see if you can pronounce it without looking it up, okay? I'm gone. Here we go. X, E, X, Y, Z. An X? It's called Zexies. I was close. Zexies for the NES. I don't think I've ever played it. All right. This is another platformer, but it's also... (laughs) Don't be scared. It's also a shooter. This game is pretty unique. Uh, It's for the NES. It's called Zexies. Uh, I finally learned how to say that after about a month of trying to figure it out. And it's pretty good. We'll, uh, we'll, we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot easier than Skull Monkey, uh, for sure. But it's a good mix of, of platforming, RPG, and, and a shooter, definitely, with some very epic boss battles. It's a good one. You're going to like it, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a good one. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Derek, uh, for being here one more time. If you just want to give out that website for everyone. So it's uh, the Nemots, uh, dot com. Uh, yeah. So thanks for having me, guys. And yeah, thank you so nerds. much for being here, man. And uh, I'm really excited about your game. Uh, I can't wait to get into the alpha testing. This, this is going to be fun. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you, Nick, as always. You know this show wouldn't be possible without you, my friend. And, of course, uh, thank you to all our listeners out there for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you greatly. And uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, go back and check out some of those old, older episodes. Uh, I think you'll find a lot of stuff you'll like there. So uh, thank you to everyone. And, as always, please remember, the light at the end of the tunnel may be you. Goodbye, everybody.